Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and I'm here with Comic John G. John G, how the hell are you? Hey, Brian, man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming on because you're just making everybody laugh with all your online comedy product during the quarantine. And I know I follow you, I think, across everything, across Twitter and Instagram and even your www.com. You are at my John G. It makes it easy easy for us. Yeah, John G is such a typical name. I had to find something that would make it work, you know? Yeah, my John G. You were yeah. like, man, if I take off my last name, John G will make me distinct. And you're like, fuck, now I have to put my John G in front of <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, I could have been nine, I could have been John G9582 or something. Sure, but... <laughs> I'm getting all these followers on Instagram. Are you seeing that? Like, you're getting all that shit. You're like, you know, yeah. somebody's just a spam follower trying to sell porn product when they are John G954321 dot, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hate that shit. I can't believe anybody's ever taken with that shit. Although lately I've been getting a bunch of hot girls that have like two followers, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, that's it. But they're all fucking robots, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hot girl, two followers, and they're all dudes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. (laughs) And they all got five posts and they they message you immediately about how they're lonely and they you check out their sex cam or whatever. But I know you're doing uh, new media comedy. You're also doing comedy therapy, I think. So what can you tell us about these things? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like I started out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late fifties and, uh, I started out maybe four or five years ago, um, doing, doing comedy. I just kind of fell across the idea of taking a class and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, I then partnered up with my, uh, my, uh, teacher that, that I took the class at Gotham comedy club, uh, met Jim Mandrinos and we partnered up and we started uh, comedy therapy um, where we were just doing, you know, shows, and I, I, I had a business that was doing restaurant POS systems and things, okay. and uh, we would, you know, just start doing a bunch of shows and restaurants, and you know, you would, some- you would use the POS sales as an opportunity to kind of be like, you guys should, you know, do you need more people on a Tuesday night? We could actually do a show here. Yeah, actually, I, I, I leverage my POS <laughs> that's relationships. You, yeah, that's you know? how you. That's how you team up with your teacher. You have the restaurant in, don't you? Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't, have to be, I didn't have to be funny. I didn't have to make anybody laugh. I just had to have connections, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so he was like, dude, I love John G. And so you guys are doing also New York Underground. And I had Frank Vignola on who just did an online comedy festival, I think. He, in- did, he did the Good Karma Festival. That was oh, yeah, he too. did a, like a couple hundred comics and shit like that. And he, I think he's doing another one for Halloween. And he mentioned, you know, Jim, what's his, name? his last name? So Jim, long, Jim, yeah, Jim Mandrinos. I keep wanting to say D. Mandrinos, but his name is long enough as it is. And so, yeah, yeah what are you guys doing with New York Comedy Underground? So what we did was back in May, um, we, we actually we actually just launched a, a streaming platform, and we used that streaming platform to do an online uh, virtual video conference. Okay. So what we did is we had a whole bunch of comics submit comics and video and comedy filmmakers submit a bunch of films, and we did a bunch of events on that, and we did it all for charity. There was no there was no sign up fee for the commissions uh, for the comics or anything or anybody submitting the films. And uh, we donated, you know, there were some donations that went to New York City Comics, uh, God's Love and some other one, um, our Cube Army, I think it was called. And, uh, you know, we just, you know, it was May. It was, we were still kind of in the beginning, you know, weird stages of this whole Corona thing. And, huh. you know, we just tried to figure out a way to make people smile a little bit, you know, and keep it going. You know, besides the fact that we couldn't do shit elsewise at our studio here in New Jersey. So, 
So it's so, kind of an uh, on, online way to keep the comedy product churning out. And how many comics joined that one? And are you going to do another we, one? We had like over almost 100 films, I think it was, in that. Um, and it was all, you know, it was films of people, their their previous stand-up clips from when they had taken stand-up clips in, in comedy clubs. Or it was like a, a comedy sketch film that they had done. Or, or you know, we even had a few animations. They were pretty cool, too. That's cool. Um, so, you know, we did that. And then, you know, we saw, you know we started doing some online virtual shows and now this, we're going to do another uh, round of the New York uh, underground comedy festival um, in at the beginning of, I think it's November. I think it starts November 5th and uh, that one, we're going to do like a combination event. There's going to be, there's going to be two weeks of one show a night uh, uh, for that with some, also with some workshops, you know, uh, Jim doing a little bit of comedy teaching, uh, a panel about what's new, you know, what's going to happen in comedy going forward, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then also a two week or no. So at the same time, we're going to do a four week on the film side, too. So we're looking for more comedy films, uh, more comics, things like that. Just to, you know, keep the keep it going, There's, you know, because we really can't do much. You know, yeah. Jer Jersey here is implemented uh, indoor for 25 percent. So if you're a comedy club in Jersey, which there isn't that many, you can do some indoor, you know, indoor comedy. But, you know, we're getting close to that time that we're the outdoor stuff is going to start to shut down. Right. I mean, it's going to get cold. Yeah. And uh, there's kind of a sweet spot where like New York itself is going to keep being closed down. You know, the I don't even think QED can do comedy shows outside its fucking patio. It's like you could do shows outdoors if you're a patio. But hey, man, the minute you're attached to a comedy club with a liquor license, you can't do it. So yeah, like, yeah. I would think Jersey is going to be pretty inundated with New York City comics. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty interesting, the whole drive-in concept, too. There's a lot of people doing the drive-in concept, but I don't know if you've been to one of the drive-in shows. I mean, no, what do you, yeah, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, it's better than not having a comedy show, but it's, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's a little, you know, it's, it could be good with the horn blowing and all that, but it could also be really fucking distracting. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you're, you know, and that's really the challenge for the comic these days, right? I mean, it's really, really important for you to understand the medium that you're doing, whether it's Zoom <laughs> or in, in a drive-in, and try to figure out that timing. So, you know, if, if laughter is a horn honking in a parking lot, You've got to figure out how to let that horn honking come back. <laughs> they start talking again, you know? Like they, they didn't teach you? Yeah, Jim Jim Mandrinos didn't fucking teach you how to uh, get yeah, back, comedy class? My God. Back, was he back when I first met Jim, if you'd have told them we would have been doing stand-up in a parking lot with people honking horns, he'd have told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have been like, fuck this comedy shit. I don't want to yeah. pursue this. If you know People are going to be in their cars. Fuck that. Yeah, I just had Eric Branstein on, and he was talking. He did a tiny cupboard show where's that, that rooftop, a pretty sweet rooftop that a lot of people are doing in Brooklyn, and he said that he stopped talking when the train went went past and and the audience was like no you don't have to do that we can hear you <laughs> it's like you need to learn how to act during the train spot or whatever yeah it's it's interesting you know that's <laughs> so, yeah i mean what what can you tell me it's i see here on your instagram that you also are the comedian actor producer of live and large on amazon prime so if i stream that as a comedy special of john g yeah it's a comedy special of john g um G, uh, back in 2018 we shot that at uh, at the comic strip Right on time, man. You beat the pandemic. That's just, pretty sweet. Just, so, yeah, it's always nice to see recent content that just made it in under the wire. I think Sarah Tolomash was on and she was saying that they just, there was kind of some, maybe some talk of a virus or something like that in China, but they, they did the show anyway. They got it recorded and then after that it hit. So it's so nice that you got that shit done. Because some people are just like, dude, I have to fucking do a whole new hour. I thought it was Stacey Pressman. It's like, I think I had an hour in the can. It's like, I have to fucking tweak it pretty much if it's observational, right? 
Yep. We're actually we're actually getting ready to do that here. We're at the studio we have here in Jersey. Um, we're getting ready to do that. Uh, we're gonna, Jim's going to do the first one. We're going to do an hour in front of a Zoom audience. Okay. Uh, you know, we're going to set it up like a stage. You know, we got a big enough place here. We can do that. We set it up like a stage, put the Zoom audience in front of them on TVs and things like that. Sort of like you see some of these virtual conferences now. That's cool. And just see how that goes, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I think Dustin Chafin just did one of those one of those Zoom specials, and yeah, I think he had, actually had some props to I don't know stimulate the audience. So it's so nice to see how these people are getting creative. Like even the NBA, I think the NBA players are allowed to kind of look up at that screen, and there's like hundreds or thousands of actual Zoom people watching and cheering and shit like that. Although they're or, piping in the crowd noise. Yeah, or like or like what they're doing at the WWE too. You know, right? You know, they're doing they're doing all those walls around the around the around the ring so yeah it's fucking yeah and that's a sport that can do it because there's only two people there and they're all both tested and shit like that so so yeah so are you gonna so you're gonna do a kind of a new are you doing your material from living large at this kind of thing you got coming up the zoom special you got coming up um, or is that all, all new material since no i'm actually i'm actually working on a whole new, new bunch of stuff so okay and see so, yeah, what kind of stuff you've been talking about and has it changed over time with the pandemic um yeah what were you talking about before and how is that shit no longer relevant because of the pandemic well, I, actually, you know, most of my comedy it really revolves around me. It's oh, good. The, the stuff that's happened in my life. Thank God. And I'm very self-deprecating. <laughs> 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 so you know, I'm not a small guy. I'm a big guy. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, actually, I've gotten smaller because of the pandemic. We, you know, really. I, I le- had to learn how to cook for myself, and my cooking sucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know. Between between not wanting to go to shop right, you know, to buy any food and uh, having to cook for myself for a while, I think I lost a few pounds, but uh, that was a good part. I love. But it. I mean, like you You're know, I, I had a, food. You have nobody else. You have nobody but yourself to blame on that one, right? Yeah, no, not at all. You know, you can only you can only eat so many eggs or so many cheeseburgers that you fry up in the pan. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I mean, just before the pandemic, I had a girlfriend for a long time, and I broke up with her. Okay. So you know, it's been kind of lonely, if you will, and. Uh, you know, so just a lot of the new stuff is about that, about the experiences of how to how to frick do you start dating somebody now? What do you yeah. do? You know, go sit on a park bench six feet away from each other, and you know, is that one kiss worth dying for? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And there's an article in Huffington Post about just all these people who had even hooked up with strangers during the pandemic because they were so fucking yeah. just so depressed and needing connection. And I think, you know, like they say, suicide is also a danger of this fucking isolation and shit. And so, hey, if it takes, you know, fucking somebody with a mask on or, you know, hanging around with them for an hour to see if they cough or taking their temperature or something and then fucking banging away, I suppose people can do it. They're better people than I. I'd never do it. I don't, I don't yeah. fuck in normal circumstances. <laughs> no, you're right, right? <laughs> And, and and honestly, like I'm, like I said, I'm a little older and I'm a little bit in the high risk category for a couple of reasons, you know, had a heart attack a year ago and, and things like that. So like, I got to be careful with that kind of shit too. So, but yeah. I mean, you know, all the new stuff I'm working on is I'm trying not to do the normal uh, or not the normal, but what you hear a lot with the pandemic, you know, oh, this made me miserable. This I'm trying to like pull in a lot of the takeaways about like what was good about it. Like. Yeah. You know, it was great that I didn't have to drive for a month. I saved more money in gas for a few months I didn't drive than than, than you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> so just things like that. So that's that's kind of what I'm working on now, just a, a whole new perspective on a way to look at make it look make the world look better with through the pandemic. Yeah, like I was yeah, I was thinking that you like tra- I think traffic itself might have um 
you know, decreased and pollution kind of improved somewhat. And I was saying that to Kate Hester, and she works for the state of New Jersey, you know, comic Kate Hester, and she uh, she works in, like, pedestrian safety. And she said, oh, no, people, you know, because they were, you know, isolated and they were out of work, they'd fucking bike just in traffic and shit, and they get hit by cars. And she, she was like, dude, people were fucking morons because they weren't looking at what they were doing or they were trying to ride a bike for the first time in 20 years. And, you know, so there might have been less cars, but there was certainly way more opportunity for pedestrians to get hit stupidly. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so I, I totally thought that. It'd be totally safe because no cars were on the road. But I guess there's just way more pedestrians. That's something you have to watch out for the, in the city. Like, whenever my parents would come to visit from the suburbs, back in chicago i'd be like dude pedestrians rule in the city man don't hit anybody because you're fucked yeah you know it, it's funny though you know you, the little bit i did drive you kind of got used to having no traffic you know yeah and, and now that the traffic's coming back you start you know i, I think i got more ray ridge now than i did before you know <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck you people do go back home <laughs> quarantine yourselves will you come on get out of here yeah, yeah, I forgot what I was talking about, but like they're saying that our kind of tolerance for fucking annoyance has got pretty low. You know, meaning like now, now because we've been so isolated for so long, everything's going to be pretty annoying. And it's like back in the day, our annoyance tolerance was pretty high. Like we just got annoyed by things on a routine basis. But now, if you've been quarantining for five seconds, anybody who walks in front of you for five seconds is like, what are you doing, piece of shit? Get the fuck out of my way. But back in the day, we're used to those petty annoyances of living in a metropolis. Yeah, it's it's a delicate balancing act of whether you really actually love people or hate them, you know? You got <laughs> to figure that out every minute or two. Yeah. And, I, and I guess my question is, yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm 42 myself. And so I started the podcast thing pretty late and I did comedy, you know, here and there. But, you know, I can't stomach three open mics a night. It's just too, too soul sucking to go see, you know, other comedians just sitting on their phones during an open mic. But, yeah, why'd you start late and what'd you kind of, um, you know, what can you, what can you, you know, tell other people with respect to starting late? Like, what did you, what did you get out of it and what surprised you? Well, you know, it's kind of like all all right, so I was married for 32 years, ah. and I got divorced, and I was sitting there divorced, and I had, like, you know, I had nothing to do. And one day, this uh, email comes across my desk, and it was for a, an acting class for doing voiceovers. Oh, cool. So I took, a, I took that class, and then I took a couple other classes, and I realized that I really liked the ones that were revolving around comedy, you know? Oh, nice. So, that, so then I said, I'll take this stand-up class, and that's when I met Jim. But... uh you know, so it was, it, it actually kind of just started out of boredom. Like, all right, I need something to do. I need, you know, but I kind of fell in love with it, you know, like to the point where like, I actually, I'm like kicking myself in the ass going, you stupid ass. Why did you do this? That's the problem. Yeah. That, that's the double edged sword of finding something. You, you Okay. Well, it's nice. You finally found that thing, but fuck. Man, yeah, what if I found this thing earlier? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like, the thing that I find about this is, and you know, being like I'm fit, like I said, it's like I'm 57, and the thing that I found about it is, I feel like, you know, when you talk to everybody, they tell you that, oh, you know, you got to do this for 10 years before you get good. You got it, and I'm like, I don't have 10 years. I might be dead. You know, <laughs> I mean, so you know, I, you had to find out a way to do it and do it to get as good as you could as fast as you could. And yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not no George Carlin or anything, but, you know, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I think the, I think the thing that I learned through it and the thing that I see, like a lot of the younger people that are starting out, like everybody wants to fight the open mics. They want to fight the idea of ringer shows. And the reality is, is if you're a comic, you're in business for yourself. Yeah. And, and those are just the, 
building blocks you got to go through to get, you know, to make it happen. Nobody's going to hand it to you. You know, if you're if you're a basketball player, you stand there and you throw that basketball at that hoop a billion times yeah. until you can make it in regularly, right? Yeah. Well, if you're a comic, you got to go to open mics and you got to do this stuff. So, uh, you know, I actually I actually have such a different opinion than most people of the what you know the Bringer Show. I actually registered a domain called BringerShow.com, and uh, okay. and I, I haven't done anything with it yet. I got trying to figure out what to do with it, how to make it you know something good for the comics. But that's what it's going to be for. But you you like the Bringer Shows then? I, I don't like them, but but they're a necessary evil. Where else? Yeah. You know, think about it now too. Think about it with 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 the amount of uh, clubs and places that are closed, yeah. the amount of uh, lack of audience, and even when we get you know the audience coming back, if you're at 25 or 50 percent for the clubs, and the amount of uh, the the better comics, the good comics that are going to be willing to take smaller shows because they can't get a theater or an arena, yeah. right? you got to do something if you're an up and coming comic to do something. So you got to, you better embrace it. You better embrace whatever way you can to get in front of people. Yeah. Even bringing your own natural market of friends and family into the club means that you're, you're necessarily performing in front of other comics, friends and family who are on the bill. And so you are being exposed to new people, but, but yeah, it's just the fucking, that's the economics of, you know, what it takes to pay that big rent in New York city and, and sometimes, like, you know, if you're in a different city, you know, the rent might be lower. You might not have to do a bringer show, but then there's less opportunities. There's less shows to go around. So it's kind of a double-edged sword with respect to, you know, New York and New Jersey and things like that. Like, there's a lot of opportunities, but, yeah, there's going to be a cost involved because there's a cost above you. There's a cost at the comedy club ownership level. Yeah. And, and, I mean, in all honesty, if you really look at it, like, even Jerry Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, they're all bringers. Right, they're just better at it than we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to do as much sucking up to their family to get them to come. You know, uh, they are bringing every yeah the thousands of people in their people. fucking football stadium. That is so fucking right. funny. Yeah. And so, yeah, so what, yeah, how is your, your second hour going to be different from your first hour? Like, if you know, for everybody who's seen Living Large on uh, Amazon Prime, and of yeah, it's course, on I'm Amazon gonna... Prime, but it's also on our new, our new uh, streaming. I'm plugged that for a second. Okay. Uh, we started all media TV, so it's all a l l media TV dot com, um, and and uh, it's on there as well too, as as well as a bunch of other. There's like 200 films on all media TV right now. Okay, um, you know all different ranges too. It's not just comedy; it's a bunch of different stuff. So I mean, the 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 special is going to be a little. You know, it's going to be based on what's going on now. A lot of what Live at Large was was you know the past, right? It was all the things that happened to me in the past, you know, things that happened in my marriage and divorce. So this is all going to be more current stuff, you know, things that are happening, you know, with the, with the going, you know, going into comedy, the breakup, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but I mean, is the live in large, the whole live in large kind of, uh, you know, I hear that it's like, dude, John G is living large. Even like your, your picture shows you kind of live in large, you know, like, I mean, it's a badass fucking badass you know, art you got, you know, badass picture you got here, man. I fucking love it. Like you're living large. Like, can you be vulnerable and kind of down or, you know, going through something and still be living well, large? Yeah. See, see, that's where it's funny because the, like the living large, if, if you, if you knew me or you know me, you know, I'm, I'm a, at the point when I shot that special, I was 365 pounds. Uh. So living large had like a double edged meaning, right? Like I'm living large, but I'm also a big guy, yeah. you know? So a lot of it's got to do with being a big guy. The fact that, you know, I'm doing a comedy show and, 
and the booker comes over and she, and she books Santa Clauses. So I got a secondary <laughs> part-time gig at Santa Claus. <laughs> but I All love right. it though, because like, this is the other side of living large. You're on the other side of a heart attack. Yep. You're on the other side of a fucking pandemic. And so this yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, if, if you guys liked me living large, I mean, this is the other side of it. You yeah. might have a heart attack. You might get booked. You might get booked <laughs> as a Santa Claus and then have a heart attack and exactly. then be, uh, face yeah. a pandemic and a divorce and a breakup. Yeah. So, you know, so it's, it's all about that. You know, it's all about what's going on right now and how I'm changing my life. And, you know, um, yeah, just all that, you know, I don't know. I don't have it completely worked out yet. It's, it's getting there, though. Good. Yeah, I can't wait to see it on Zoom. And when people fire up the all media TV, I see this here. It's first I think it's first thing I see is a warning. It says some content on this channel has been identified as inappropriate for minors. And I guess the question is, is that put there because of John G's living large? Was that ex ex explicit or not really? Oh, I'd like to say I'm the worst on the channel, but no, that's not true. <laughs> but there are some, you know. Well, it's good. Yeah, it's good to see that this is here because not everybody like me has Amazon Prime. That's one of the few expenses that I will, that I probably have put in back in the day. But they'll also keep track of everything. So I mean, comics listen. Comics are on this show. When can they submit to the next big New York Underground or Actually, or the, or comedy the, therapy or what? The it, it's uh, it's New York Underground Comedy dot com. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's up and live today. You can go submit now and get into that. Um, but our our goal is to also do four comedy festivals a year okay so we also do the the turnpike come but the new york underground is coming up again in november uh you know you can go do that right now um, and no no submission fee for any of these festivals or uh no nah, there's some there's some like even the, this one this one coming up in november that's it's a five dollar fee to enter okay but, but uh, a lot of what we do we're doing it so that we can help people that need the money too oh so. yeah it's all being donated it's all being donated so. okay cool and even some of it's being donated to a new york city comic fund yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> so they're paying themselves, you know, they're getting paid. Well, you know, but, you know some, of, some of it's, you know, do, you, do you know Ray? I'm trying to think of Ray, Ray Elgin, I think is his last name. No, not yet. Uh, he, he is actually the one that did that and uh, oh, cool. uh, supporting New York Comics. So, you know, he's a good guy. Um, he's he's running a lot of virtual shows, too. He has an Aruba Comedy Club, too. But oh, cool. Yeah, I saw a lot of those. Uh, a lot of the successful comics have been hit the hardest, you know, because those are the people who have been so successful that they can give up their day job. And so now it's like they're the ones who don't have the day job to fall back on, so they need the income. So I saw a lot of these funds going around, so it's good you vetted it and making sure that everybody's submission fees can go, you know, and attendance fees, too, can go somewhere, you know, somewhere to good use, but also maybe indirectly back in some New York City comics pockets pockets yeah so good good all right so yeah we're gonna track all that and you know if we you know my john g on twitter instagram but also dot com like where are you more often posting where are you most often posting these opportunities um i usually you know uh, i usually use instagram the most that's where it goes and we kind of cross-platform everything. So if you're on New Media Comedies stuff, if you're on My John G stuff, if you're on All Media TV stuff, you'll see a lot of cross-posting between all of the comedy therapy. So we are – so – Hell yeah. So you, you, I mean, you and your comedy teacher, you know, and now he's a peer, Jim Mendrinos. I think I finally said the name correctly. So you yeah, guys are yeah, just, right. uh, yeah. you, you guys are just rocking and rolling. And if we follow you, we're going to, you know, all the comics are going to get to uh, pay attention to all the opportunities to kind of get on stage, even during a pandemic. Yep. And, you know, we'll be, we'll be running a lot of virtual shows through the winter too, uh, just, you know, after the festival too. So. Oh, good. And then New Jersey, you're juiced in in New Jersey. So you're a good guy to know because you guys are opening up before New York City is. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and we do have this studio. We've got like a forty five hundred square foot studio here. Holy shit! Where that's a safe place to podcast, right? Or, or yeah, tape a, a show? Yeah, we we've got podcasting, sound booths, you know. And New Jersey just you know they're allowing us to do film crews of less than ten, you know, things like that. So fuck yeah, John G, you're the man to know. John G, thank you so much for coming on. Hey Brian, thanks for having me, man.